You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to another broadcast of Diaconia, a call to service. Diaconia is the Greek word for service. It's also the root word for deacon. This show is dedicated to talking about our call to service as God's people, not just those who ordained, but all of us in the Catholic Church. I'm Deacon Jim Norman, blessed to be vicar for deacons for the Archdiocese of Chicago, also blessed to serve and work with the good people at Our Lady of Sorrows Basilica on the west side of Chicago. As usual, joining me, Deacon Dave Brensick, Associate Director for the Office of the Diaconate, who also serves as Deacon for Holy Guardian Angels Parish in Brookfield and LaGrange Park. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jim. Good to see you. Good to be with us on this uh, first day of snow. Uh, broadcast all over that uh, this is the earliest snow since 2019 and we're all mourning that we didn't get snow until December 28th last year but we're here and joining us this morning is Father Jason Malabe the Cardinal's liaison with Renew My Church how are you Father? I am great and Deacon Jim and Deacon Dave thanks so much for having me on the program this morning. Really, really honored to be with y'all. Thank you for being with us. As I said, this is a show where we talk about those who are serving, and we wanted to take the opportunity to have Father Jason with us, who has walked with us these seven years to renew my church. Uh, significant change for the church, needed change for the church. Father Jason is faithfully and tirelessly walked with all the parishes in the Archdiocese of Chicago through that effort, want to take the time to gain some of his insights and some of his experiences that we could use as deacons, deacons' wives, and as parishioners to do the most important work of Renew My Church, which is now the spiritual renewal. Uh, the last seven years have been focused on structural renewal. We're moving into the phase of spiritual renewal, and Father Jason has generously given his time to meet with deacons throughout the Archdiocese of Chicago to talk specifically about the deacon's role in creating the new reality. But as so as we begin, I'd like Father Jason to share with us um, his role. Tell us a little bit about him and his role as liaison for Renew My Church. Happily, uh, Deacon Jim, Deacon Dave, happily, happily. So uh, Father Jason Malave ordained in 1997, and it was uh, about 20 years after I was ordained. Uh, what would that be? Uh, 
uh, in 2017, is that right? No, 2015, 2015 uh, is when the Card Cardinal Supich called the whole archdiocese to this time of renewal. And then a couple of years after he called the whole diocese to a time of renewal, um, he asked me to come on board as his liaison for my church. Now, what does that mean? Well, I mean, I, I think the Cardinal knew very well that this journey of looking at our structure as an archdiocese would be not, not easy, would, wouldn't be an easy task. And so uh, he invited me to walk with all 100 of the groupings, because the diocese was divided into 100 groupings. And he invited me to walk with those 100 groupings because they had honest uh, adult conversations about what was facing us in terms of this, the need for structural changes across the diocese. And so we did, uh, I did, with a great team uh, headed and led up by Tim Weiske. I had the great opportunity to walk with uh, pastors and representatives from the communities um, who really did investigate and look at, honestly, and as adults, what some possible changes might be. And as we all know, those changes took place over the last five years. The first couple of years was really looking at how we would do this as a diocese, because there's no... There's no standard formula. I mean, the, the Cardinal wanted to make sure that people were involved in the process. So his mandate was make sure the people of God are involved in the process, in the conversation, because after all, the people of God have raised teenagers. You know, they've, they've gotten bad news before. They've had to balance their budget. They've had to make hard decisions. So the Cardinal really wanted to make sure that the people of God were involved in the conversations in all 100 groupings. And so that's what we did. We uh, successfully walked through the, those 100 groupings over the past five years uh, as archdiocese. And Father Jason, um, those five years, obviously a lot of conversations, a lot of encounters, a lot of reflections by you and the other members of the Renew My Church team. Are there any moments or conversations that stand out for you? And, and kind of here's what I've learned about this process through reflections or through others sharing through this process. Gosh, I'll need a few hours for those reflections, but let me let me give you three. Let me let me share three. Um, the first one was a real moment where I felt the Holy Spirit moving amongst one particular grouping, and uh, I won't share which grouping it was, but there was a particular pastor who. After meeting, after meeting and, and listening to the people of God and, and having these gatherings and conversations, he just, he said, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, it's, he just really felt struck by the Spirit to say, you know, we really are going to be stronger and more powerful as a, as a Catholic community if we unite together in one parish instead of three. And he said that out loud. Uh, and I think he was a little bit surprised that he said it out loud because I don't think he was ready for it. But he felt moved by the Spirit to say it. And then one by one, you heard people say, you know, this particular ministry will be stronger if we're together. And this other ministry will be stronger if we're together. And our lit liturgy will be stronger if we're together. And so the whole tenor of the conversation changed as it was became clear to everybody this was the direction that needed to happen. So that was one experience, really powerful um, inspiration by the Spirit. Secondly, I think one of the things that I found very powerful was that um, many people, when there was going to be a structural change, uh, th that was hard for them. One of the only things that made it easier was the promise 
that there would be a second step to the renewal process, the renewal journey. That not only was it going to be a structural change, but also a spiritual renewal. And they believed, and, I, and rightly so, and we've got a whole team of people working very hard such that this is going to be the case. People in the parishes said, if we have to sacrifice something now, even to the, even to the point of having one pastor over two locations, or even letting go of this particular campus, our church, if we have to sacrifice now for the sake of a spiritual renewal that's coming, you can count me in. You can count me in. And people said that across the entire diocese. It doesn't matter what the income level was. It doesn't matter what the ethnic background was. People said that around the entire diocese. If we have to sacrifice now and make some hard decisions now for the sake of our spiritual growth, I'm in. Because my kids, I, I want my kids to, to know Jesus more deeply. I want my grandkids to know Jesus more deeply. I want my family to practice the faith that I passed on to them. And right now they're not. Um, so that was the second thing that was really, really powerful for me. Um, I think the third thing that was that, that I learned and I'll take with me is that transparency and honesty always wins the day, <laughs> meaning just tell the truth all the time. Say it like it is. And, and, and I found that that was helpful over and over and over again. There's no sense in holding anything back. It's not going to help anybody. But just share what you know when you know it and share what you don't know if you don't know it. And that was really helpful across the hundred conversations that were had across the archdiocese. Those are three things. Um, the movement of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, people willing to sacrifice for spiritual renewal. And thirdly, uh, tell the truth all the time. Share what you know and what you don't know. Father Jason, with um, you know the reaction uh, from the people, you know, there's. I'm sure there was a wide range of emotions for these pe for folks in the parishes. You know, for many there was a sense of grief. Uh, how do you address that for, with with people? The grief is real, and the grief was palpable in ma in many places. There was a a sense of loss, profound loss, and some people even likened the loss to the loss of a parent. And, 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 and I have both of my parents with me, so I don't know that. I know what it means to lose a grandparent, and man, that is hard. That's really hard to lose a grandparent. Um, but that was the kind of loss that people experienced. One of the things that we that the Cardinal made sure was a part of this journey was that there was somebody who was accompanying those uh, people who were part of the conversation. And every one of the 100 groupings, there was somebody who was accompanying those women and men who were having conversations. And further, our accompaniment team went on to train those, the people who were serving in the grouping conversations. They went on to train those folks on how to accompany their brothers and sisters. So in the midst of grief, um, we really, all we have is the opportunity, invitation, and mandate to accompany our brothers and sisters to really listen. Some of our pastors hosted listening sessions as the unifications happened, there was a listening session that happened, and those were extremely helpful for people to share and to air some of their some of their sadness. And you know, it's not just sadness; some of their anger as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think people saw at the end of the day. I think many people saw this was a big loss for a lot of folks, but something that was necessary again for the sake of the spiritual renewal that was necessary. 
So I think those couple of things, the accompaniment, the pastoral care around um, listening sessions that happened, and then the training of a pastoral accompaniment to, to those um, parishioners who, who are good, trusted members of the community, open to learn what it really means to accompany others in Jesus' name. This was, as you described it, a, a seven-year process, two years kind of getting organized and how do we move forward, then five years, and you've shared uh, very well kind of the structural change and, and the key elements of that and the challenges uh, that people, parishioners, and the faithful experience during that process. When we come back from break, um, there was that hope of the spiritual renewal. So we'd love to talk to you about the spiritual renewal uh, and how we as deacons, deacons' wives, and as all the faithful can help with that spiritual renewal. And, and in fact, where are we trying to go? So when we come back from break, Father Jason, we'll put the structural renewal behind us and speak about the spiritual renewal. Charities on Friday, December 2nd for the 33rd annual Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago, and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Families, friends, and work colleagues make a tradition out of gathering at this extraordinary black tie event to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra, all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 2nd. To purchase tickets for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net slash events or call 312-948-6963. That's 312-948-6963. There is no doubt this life is short. It is in you I trust to spread your truths, your goodness, and love. It is you who will give a leader to our church. Who will fill these shoes? Catholic Charities 75th Annual Celebration of Giving is underway in support of those who are struggling to make ends meet every day. Individuals, families, colleagues, neighbors, parishioners, and friends purchase thousands of gifts and basic necessities to ensure Catholic Charities clients and their families have a joyful Christmas morning. There are many ways to get involved, including online wish lists that make giving easier than ever before. If you can join us in this special Chicago Christmas tradition as volunteers and donors, please email us at cog at catholiccharities.net. That's cog at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7401 in Cook County and 847-782-4210 in Lake County. Thank you for helping us spread Christmas cheer this year throughout Cook and Lake Counties. If you wish. 
Welcome back to Diaconia. This is Deacon Jim Norman, Vicar for Deacons with the Archdiocese of Chicago, joined by Associate Director Dave Brunsick, and we're delighted to have with us Father Jason Nalave, the Cardinal's liaison for Renew My Church. Earlier, Father Jason, we spoke about the structural renewal. I think Dave had a question he'd like to ask about the spiritual renewal. Yes, Father. Uh why do you think the spiritual renewal is is necessary? Like, what is that going, going to involve? Maybe I could share a story, a little bit of a story um, of what happened. So I was, you know, pastor of St. Benedict Church on the north side, very happy pastor. Uh, I had five years as a pastor. I was looking forward to the next seven um, when the cardinal, you know, called me to this role. And one of the first places we went to go visit was the diocese or archdiocese of Boston. And the Diocese of Boston had been uh, embarked upon a spiritual renewal for a couple years when we when we went out there. And I'll tell you that I experienced something really powerful. Now, who would have thought Boston? It was the center of the sexual abuse scandal. They went through a horrible slate of closings uh, about five years, six years prior to me going out there. Um, and I went, that out, went out there with Tim Weiske, you know, my colleague, and uh, we experienced a few parishes that had been, been uh, clustered together, and they were working on not just the cluster, but they were working on what they called this whole journey in discipleship. The people in the parishes, the leaders of the parishes, they called themselves disciples, and they had a robust understanding of what their discipleship was, how they were called to be disciples of Jesus. You know, certainly sons and daughters of God and recipients of the Holy Spirit, and bearers of the Holy Spirit, but also perhaps in a new way, they were calling themselves disciples. And, and even the parishes went through this discipleship training. How do we continue to walk as Jesus' disciples? And I was taken aback by that. I really was, that they were so uniquely focused on what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus. And that was part of their conversation, part of their part of their introduction of who they were, part of how they serve their parish community, and they pray, and, and they share their faith with others, all stems from their role as a disciple. So, um, you know, I was, I, was, I was very taken by that, and uh, as we were doing the research here in the Archdiocese, we learned that people were, at many levels, disconnected from, um, disconnected from Jesus, the person of Jesus, and disconnected from calling themselves disciples, and disconnected from being moved and transformed and ministering out of their role as disciple of Jesus. They would volunteer and go to Mass out of obligation. It was, we had a church, I mean, you know, ever since, you know, before Vatican Council, we were very much moved by obligation and volunteering. Well, the name of the show is Diakonia, means to serve. And the person who calls us to serve is Jesus. And Deacon Jim, as you mentioned so rightly, everyone's called to serve because we are in relationship with Jesus. He calls us to pray and to serve generously and also to share our faith with others, not just our time, talent, and treasure, but also reflect and be witnesses of our faith with others as well. So to your point, to your question, uh, Deacon David, I think that, you know, we, we know that we've seen, we only see about 25% of our Catholics in the pews right now. We, we know that. We know that, you know, the, the, we're in a time that's not a time of 
Christendom that we might have grown up in, but this is more of a time where people in our culture is actually not supportive of faith at all, not supportive of the Catholic Church at all. In fact, sometimes our culture actively, actively dissuades people from being a part of uh, a church community, a Catholic church community. And we know that so many times we've heard people say that I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And so there's a big chasm between spiritual and religious, where in fact it was the church that actually brought forward spirituality to begin with. So that's the, the headwinds that we face today. The Cardinal knew those headwinds. Uh, the number of people in the pews, um, the number of priests who can serve these communities, uh, the, the reduced number of people, therefore the reduced number of uh, people's generosity on a regular basis, and also the high cost of maintaining these 100-year-old campuses that we have. All of those, plus the cultural changes all around us, all those led the Cardinal to say, not only is it going to be a structural renewal, but also a spiritual renewal that's necessary for our time today. And so, so this, what, new phase, this new phase is called building the new reality. What right. role do you see the deacons and, and their wives playing in this, in this new phase? So I, I think before I answer that question, which I really want to get to, which is why I'm here, <laughs> I think just a couple words about what is building the new reality. And I think that, you know, there's many ways we can describe it. I start, I typically will start with, you know, uh, we want to call ourselves back to a real firm discipleship in Jesus. We want to encounter Jesus. We really do. We want to encounter Jesus or for some Catholics, re-encounter Jesus. You know, kids go on these Kairos retreats and they encounter God's love in a really powerful way, but then they kind of lose that, they lose that steam. Well, how do we not only encounter Jesus, but also support people as they have encountered Jesus? We want to offer people who are searching for belonging, we want to offer them a real deep sense of belonging in their church, in their Catholic church. Uh, people start with belonging and then ultimately get, get to uh, behaving and believing. And we also want to uh, make sure that people are tooled and have some experience in sharing their faith and witnessing to their faith as well. So, um, in those three areas, a, a real sense of uh, an encounter with Jesus, a deep belonging, and also ability to witness their faith, we're hoping that we uh, begin some new ministerial opportunities in parish life that come face-to-face -face with the realities that we find today. And so that is building new reality, deepening our discipleship, especially so we become missionary disciples for the work of evangelization. Now, Pope Francis doesn't stop at calling us to discipleship. He says we're called to become missionary disciples, to be, go beyond ourselves and uh, begin the work of evangelization of the culture around us. So that's a, that's a not even short way, that's a way of talking about uh, building new reality, acknowledging our own discipleship, growing as missionary disciples for the work of evangelization. So what does that mean for our deacons? Hmm. I think of a number of things, a number of things. First of all, uh, for deacons to con continue to appreciate they have a powerful role in parish life. You know, I hope I hope every deacon that's hearing this can be reaffirmed and can stand tall in their in their really powerful, important role in in parish life. I know some of my brothers, you know, 
we were grown up by and we were told to become lone rangers so off we go by ourselves you know we can't be lone rangers anymore we need we need the deacons and we need the religious sisters and we need the consecrated we need women uh lay folks men lay folks children teenagers we need everyone on this movement of building the new reality together so first of all deacons are important and necessary second of all a sense of unity and I know, again, sometimes in parish life, we get these factions or we get disconnected or my pastor said such and such, and I'm not going to talk to him anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. We need a sense of unity amongst our, our, our clergy, amongst the people in the parish. We, we really have to strive for that unity. In Mass, we pray every day, every time we celebrate Mass, for, and we ask Jesus that we might have peace and unity. Peace and unity uh, might be ours. So know your knowing that your important role work towards unity and peace in your parish community. Tool yourself. We invite deacons to tool themselves with what is this new reality. And on the website, on the Archdiocesan website, go to the general Archdiocesan website and go to Renew My Church. And on that uh, page, you'll find some really great videos to help understand what is building the new reality. What does it mean? Why is radical hospitality so utterly important during this time of building new reality? And then also, what does it mean to till the soil or get the soil ready in parish life to help people grow into their discipleship, their missionary discipleship, and ultimately evangelization? So that's another thing that people can do is to go to the website and tool themselves. And then one more way to tool yourself is to learn more about um, this, what we call another strategy, which is providing an entry point for people. People find, we find that people find it hard. If they've been away from the church for a long time, they've not been going to Mass, let's say 10 years. For them to start the practice of going to Mass on Sunday, they need something besides father or sister or their grandmother or grandfather or their father or mother saying, you should go to Mass on Sunday. Again, obligation in today's culture is just, it's not working. A deep relationship with Jesus is working. So what is that entry point that we can provide for people who are searching that would help them get acquainted with a community, acquainted with what is Christianity, and acquainted with a, a group of adults who could have adult conversations around faith, and that we're calling those entry points or, or charismatic entry points or soft charismatic entry points where people can really have that experience of their community, knowledge about the faith, and then also the opportunity to have conversations about their faith with others. So a deacon can really tool themselves on what that entry point might look like. We're using a couple, Sycamore and Alpha, we're using a couple, and deacons should feel free to check that out on their own or with a few other members of their parish community. That was a lot. <laughs> Is there anything um, that you'd say to the faithful, the parishioners that are listening here What's my role in the new reality in helping to create this new reality so that there is a Catholic presence for my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren? I would uh, invite those who are listening uh, to meditate and pray about their role as a disciple. What, what does that look like for you as a disciple of Jesus? I'll tell a story. I have the privilege of celebrating Mass for Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. And I was talking about this discipleship, in fact, missionary discipleship, sharing your faith lovingly with others around you. And a 93-year-old woman wrote me a letter, this was a year ago, wrote me a letter at Christmas and said, 
You know, Padre, you're talking about this discipleship, discipleship stuff, and I was listening to you, and I'm not sure I am one, but then I started thinking about it, and I thought about all the Christmas cards that I write by hand, and I tell people that I'm praying for them, and I'm asking that God to watch over them and protect them. I think, I think I, I'm on my way to be a missionary disciple, and I affirm that lady so much, because uh, absolutely, she's not afraid of talking about how she prays actively for those who she loves and she tells them that or she talks about her relationship with jesus huh i go back to this that's been really helpful for me the church has, has mentioned it a number of times what it means to be a disciple which is to consistently pray consistently serve and consistently share not only our time talent and treasure but also share our faith. And I don't know how about you, but people ask me to pray for them all the time. I usually will stop. I'll stop right then and there. And we'll pray together right next to the tomatoes and the jewel. I mean, we'll pray right there, uh, asking for Jesus's healing touch on them or whoever they love or whoever it might be. And uh, when they ask me for prayers, I do it right then and there. So I want to pray with others. I want to serve, not just when it's comfortable, but also when it's uncomfortable. And, and I want to continue uh, going beyond myself and sharing my journey with Jesus, sharing my faith in Jesus and, and our generous God and the Holy Spirit, sharing that with others. You know, I think that's Thank what you, some people are attracted to. Thank you, Father Jason. Uh, it seems like that we've got more to discuss here on the radio show with you and the others that are helping to build the new reality. I think it's worth our listeners to hear about soft entry points and talk more about being disciples. So we look forward to inviting you and others back in the future. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your service and dedication over these last seven years. And we look forward to working with you and building the new reality. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Deacon Dave and Deacon Jim. Thanks so much. God bless.